from my personal experiences in the Canadian comedy industry, this diversity play feels like it leans more on the side of tokenism than it does on actual true diversity. The critiques that I would get for some of the years was that I would black it up too much. But I've definitely had enough auditions where it wasn't that. But I would still be told this is like, yo, you got to calm it down. What I would be told was that you say the N-word too much and it doesn't play well for white audiences in Canada. And then that would happen enough and enough and enough and then I eventually would start to see the people that they would put on and what their content was and granted again there are exceptions to the rule in Canada if you're telling me that I can't say the n-word that much then what the fuck what diversity do you need from me because what I started to see was black immigrants that are talking about their immigrant struggles LGBT people that are talking about their LGBT struggles women talking about their women's struggles why does it always have to be for us our struggles and shit that's what you want to fucking hear that's not diversity that's tokenism Can I kick it? Yes, you can. 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 And I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm actually not gone. I'm here. We're starting this bitch up. What's going on, beautiful people? Welcome back to Black Zeus the Podcast. This is Black Zeus the Podcast, season four, episode 34. Uh, welcome back, beautiful people. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You too can be beautiful people. All you have to do is come back. If you are returning, thank you so much for doing so. You obviously know I don't care, but I do care. The secret to not caring is caring, but not caring. I hope you guys have had a good week. Uh, things have been pretty chill. I am recording this mad fucking Late. Uh, if you listened to last week's episode or watched it, numbers were kind of low last week, actually, uh, for video. But the numbers pretty steady for audio. I still don't know what's going on. But again, like, I don't know. I th thankfully, I have Dante uh, to help out with that shit because I'm not an algorithm nigga. I don't like to pay attention to that shit. I think it kills the art. And I don't I don't care to create based off of what you know, the system is telling me they want me to create so that I could be, you know, fucking pumped more throughout the system. Hey, don't you want a million followers? Don't you want fans? Don't you want to be able to sell tickets? It's like, well, honestly, all that is uh, clicking up at a really steady pace, and I'm okay with that. You know what I'm saying? You're going to find that this is going to be the theme for this week's episode. If you listened last week, you already know. Dante is not here this week, so not going to summon that nigga. He is on vacation in the Caribbean. Caribbean vacation for everybody! You get a vacation! You get a vacation! Also, donate to the Maui Fund! Um, <laughs> already gave my opinions on Oprah. Fuck that bitch! Uh, anyways, we are here this week to do this week's stuff. Um... Thankfully, we remembered the UFC preview, 
So that should be up this week. Uh, it was already part of last week's episode anyways, in case you didn't catch that. It's uh, being broken off and released as its own clip this week. It is fight week, so I hope you enjoy that shit, but we're not going to talk about that this week because we already did that. Um, there isn't even really much to talk about this week. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I say this all the time, and I'm like, this is going to be a short episode. This is going to be a 15 to 20 minute episode, and then it ends up being an hour. So I'm not even going to say this is going to be short. This is just going to be. All right? This is just going to be, my nigga. What up? Um, but yeah, I am recording this way later than I would like to, uh, which is fucking hilarious because normally when uh, me and Dante can't link up to record, I get to record the thing a lot sooner uh, rather than later, and I get it done and out of the way, and then I have a lot more free time uh, during my week to work on other shit. Uh, this week, however, that did not turn out to be the case. Because even though we remembered and we discussed and we planned for Dante not being here this week, what I completely forgot uh, was that the studio is missing an audio mixer right now. Um, that device has been sent back uh, to 27 Collective. Salutes and shoutouts to Lou and B. Uh, thank you for letting me use that for as long as I did. And I did not have a mixer, so we've been using Dante's audio mixer. This is really fucking like making the sausage type shit. This is like the behind the scenes shit that you don't need to know. But I'm stretching here, my nigga. This is what we call in Hollywood stretching. Stretch, stretch. We have a lot of time to fill. Stretch. Um. Anyways, yeah. We've been using Dante's mixer in the studio. And obviously Dante's away this week. And that's the one thing. Because we've only been doing this for like two episodes. Um completely forgot to have an audio mixer and then i completely forgot that i had an audio mixer but then when i realized that hours into when i would already be recording normally i'm like oh shit i actually have an audio mixer it's it's one that hen dog gave me salutes to hen dog bro uh i know he just celebrated a b day so uh happy happy b day happy g day uh to henny the the producer extraordinaire to this podcast and and my life bro this is one of my oldest friends if not my oldest friend and i'm very grateful uh that this dumb talented motherfucker has supplied me with so many beats uh for so long and i really do feel like we're just getting started you guys will find out more about this shit in in the coming weeks i think we'll be ready to make some announcements here as the channel's been clicking up you guys have been hearing the teases that we've been working on shit here and there um, yeah, I like teasing it, but I don't like teasing it too much because then it just becomes a wet tease and now you get blue balls and this is crazy. Um, but no, just know that we are working on shit and it'll release. And when it does release, it will be consistent. And I think that's the more important part. So even though, you know, you guys have been hearing about this shit in the works, I, I'm not really the type of person that, that wants to just release and just start doing that. I'd rather be consistent about shit, which I think is the name of the game when we're talking about content creation. Content creation. Asian. 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 Fuck content creation, nigga. We making art over here, my nigga. What up? Um, so yeah, the audio mixer situation. So I remembered I had one, but the problem is, is that the last time this mixer was supported, uh, what year was that? Maybe. 
2016, 2017. It was last supported on Windows 8. Um, and before I used to use a Mac when I when I recorded this. I mean, I still have that Mac kicking around, but there is no fucking way that thing is being sent into the studio. Uh, there is a nice, really nice PC in the studio that is here for this reason. Uh, the only problem is, is that Windows, actually, I guess it wasn't a problem. It probably would have been a problem for Mac. I don't know that there would have been a workaround had I tried this on the Mac, but because it is Windows, I was able to spend an hour bootstrapping this fucking thing to work because the PC in the studio is either Windows 11 or Windows 10, one of these things. And uh, this, this audio mixer is no longer supported by the company that made it, bro. So I couldn't even get an up-to-date driver for this shit. So Bootstrap Benjamin over here opens up YouTube. And of course, an Indian nigga helped me out because these niggas know all the technical shit on YouTube. Um, he's like, yes, if you have a Windows 10 and then this is what you do. And I followed that nigga's instructions and bam, uh, here I am recording this episode mad late with really not much to talk about. Uh, what I'm trying to say with all this is, Dante, you're not allowed to go on vacation anymore. I'm joking. Go on vacation as much as you want, but try not to. Is <laughs> What a selfish prick. I made it all work, too. And I'm like, hey, don't do not do the thing that's good for your, your soul and spirit. Um, but I'm, I'm... Anyways, yeah, I'm not in the Caribbean. I'm here, very much here, actively in the Canadian comedy scene. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I really spent some time thinking about how I wanted to approach the recording of this specific episode. Um, you guys have been hearing me. Obviously, it's tongue in cheek. It's jokingly. I'm burning bridges, all this shit. I'm talking about the Canadian comedy industry and the comedy industry at large. I will preface all the shit that's about to come with the mission statement of this podcast what it has always been from day one has been a companion piece a side piece if you will my side bitch uh to my comedy career you know what i mean i started this thing foolishly uh after you know the podcast boom had already fucking well taken off but boy if i didn't start four years ago imagine i'm just starting now god damn but who, yo, the landscape is so crazy that niggas starting right now could still, like, can still, are still blowing up. There's niggas that started after me that are way fucking, I just, I think I just started caring about putting effort into YouTube as a platform and the podcast more so because I've really, and you guys have heard this if you're uh, the beautiful people of the podcast and you've been with me for a while, you guys already know I'm fading out of social media I could give a fuck. I've been spending a lot of time just by myself and with my crew uh, figuring out how to um, maneuver this, this new way of being an artist, which very much involves having a social media and online presence. But it's like, what? Like every five minutes, there's a new social media. Like, bruh, I'm not on threads. I'm not on TikTok. I don't think... I, I know I don't want to be, but I don't think I need to be. But then, like, you, I think it's all irrelevant, bro. The views that you get on TikTok are fucking weird and not even real because the engagement on TikTok is so low. 
but people have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of views, and then nobody's really engaging on their shit. Then you go over to Instagram, and they will shadow ban you like a motherfucker. Meta is weird as shit, because Facebook, you can spew all the garbage you want, but nobody uses Facebook anymore. And then on Instagram, you really, like, if you say anything, you're you're corralled into this fucking algorithm and you only see that algorithm shit and you only get pumped to that algorithm shit. And if you're not what I've experienced, I'm not doing memes. You know, I'm not doing generic content. I'm not posting every five seconds. I'm not putting a wig and a dress on shucking and driving for massa trying to fucking get some followers and views. So because of that, and because of my, my, my big mouth, <laughs> like I talk a lot of shit, uh, but I'm leaning heavy into that. Uh, my views go down or they're, they're like fucking this. My story views used to be in the hundreds, like in the high hundreds. And now they're in the low hundreds to like a hundred, depending on what I'm posting on the day that I'm posting. It's a, it's a fucking circle jerk that I don't fucking care about. I didn't start comedy so that I could fucking be some sort of social media guru fucking loser, bro. That's how I view all this shit. It, it takes all my attention away from what I actually want to do. And that's create art. That's create comedy. That's create the fucking timeless shit. And my comedy special is fucking coming, bro. So I hope y'all ready for that. Um, we'll see if it ends up releasing this holiday season or not. It will release when it releases, but I just watched what is likely the final pass on the video edit. Uh, still doing some touches on, on some other shit. Um, but man, I'm actually so proud of this thing. One hour long, one hour plus. I did like an hour 20. I did three shows. I did a theater show packed to the tits, nigga. What's up? Um, and I'm just so proud of it because it was 11 years in the making. I'm now almost 13 years into my comedy career. So it's it's aged a little bit, but nobody nobody knows who the fuck I am. Nobody has seen me. That's the beauty of where I am in my career right now. I'm at a place where I finally acquired all the skill that I knew I could at the beginning of my comedy career. And because of that, I'm now treating it like I'm at the beginning of my comedy career, but I'm fucking good. So I'm just walking into rooms and just setting a like setting the stage on fire and walking the fuck out, nigga. And that to me, like shout outs to Dominic Tetro. Uh, I don't even think this nigga's still in the comedy industry, but he used to manage uh, Yuck Yucks, which is the international, not international, but is the national comedy chain in Canada. There was a club in Mississauga, Ontario. Dominic was the manager. And when I was starting comedy, Thursday nights was the mic night at, Mississauga Yucks, we would pack the cars with comics or I would just take the bus out by myself. And um, that was one of the rooms where I really started to progress in a noticeable way. And Yuck Yucks being a chain and a club at that time, I was really focused on, you know, trying to go the corporate, not necessarily even corporate route because Yucks is a club, but I was trying to do the whole, you know, TV show business corporate festival route and i i asked dominic i'm like okay so i'm starting to get better how do i get signed by the club i want to start working the club more and this guy like honestly the gr the greatest piece of advice i was given as a comic 
everything else is is cool but like as an artist man advice is for me hard to give and take um because this shit is there, there's no right or wrong answer other than what works and has worked for you but just because something has worked for you doesn't mean it's going to work for somebody else and and being almost 13 years into my comedy career i've witnessed this firsthand you know i've given advice that just fucking went nowhere for people which is weird because uh, who am i to give advice nigga i've done nothing you know but you, you know there's new comics that come in the game and they see you and you've been in it a little longer and they ask you and you know i i love to have the real conversations about shit but what he told me was just make yourself undeniable. And he told me, this isn't my advice, like Dominic was saying about himself. This isn't my advice. This might even be generic advice that's been said many times, but I find it to be very true. It's like, if you're trying to be signed or you're trying to do anything in show business or in life, make yourself undeniable. Undeniable. And uh, the way he broke it down was make yourself so undeniable that when you're in a room, where opportunities are being handed out. Be so undeniable that if an opportunity is not thrown your way, it's so obviously nothing to do with you and your skill level. It's obviously whoever's handing out the opportunities. Once I was given that advice, I swear to God, it was this might be like three to five years into my 13-year comedy career. It was the first time since I, like, since I had started comedy that I actually sat back and just took a deep breath and I, I relaxed myself. And because at that time, I, I still am this nigga's top five rappers of all time, but not just because his music. And you guys, again, if you're the beautiful people of the podcast, you've heard me talk about uh, this musician before. This, uh, Nipsey Hussle. Life is a marathon, bro. Whatever you do in life, be comfortable with planting 10 toes in the ground and just fucking being patient with that shit. Cause eventually if you stick it out, if you, if you are patient and you wait, something will happen inevitably. And, and if you couple that with self honesty, which I think is really important because a lot of these people are out here lying to themselves and to each other. You got to be really self-honest and not, that doesn't mean be overly critical. You should be critical, but not to the point where you're detrimental to yourself and you're giving yourself anxiety and all this shit. No, be honest with yourself, mark progression, honestly. And for me, I'm speaking for comedy, but this obviously is for any art form, but in terms of comedy specifically, make like, how do I want to say this? Just define your terms, know what you want to get out of it, know what you're willing to do and not do, and understand that regardless of whatever show business tells you, regardless of whatever accolades you could achieve through the industry or independently, understand that ultimately for comedy, again, I'm speaking comedy, the main objective is to be funny and the actual true mark of how funny you are is not credits or I did this show or I'm with this club or I'm whatever the fuck. It's the audience. You will be quickly told how good you are quickly by the fucking reactions. 
And going back to that piece of advice, make yourself undeniable. I'm so grateful that I've brought myself to this place. Thanks to that piece of advice and Nipsey Hussle's marathon mentality, like literally that shit changed my whole perception of shit. I, I, I love, I love the fact that patience has awarded me such great skill. I'm not, I'm not judging myself by any other measure other than what the fuck my self-honesty tells me and my self-honesty in terms of comedy is guided by audience reaction, industry, uh, opportunity, all this shit. But less, less so industry and more so audience. And over time, when I tell you I started 13 years ago almost and I've been using the stage name Black Zeus from day one and how goofy that fucking was and I was a shit comic for years not even realizing that I was setting myself even further behind because I was using a stage name in a day and age where nobody uses that. Black Zeus of all names. How fucking ridiculous. But now I've built that to a reputable, respectable, like, you know, from audiences, at least in Toronto and the Southern Ontario comedy scene, because that's where I've been mostly, but now it's time to fucking go, go worldwide, baby. But from here, like, you know, if you see my name on a poster... You're getting your fucking money's worth. And from the comic side, and this is how I operate mentally, like you're either shitting your pants or you're motivated to work harder. I've built myself to that place. And I only got here because that's how I came up. I would go to Nubian show and watch comedians like Tricks destroy so hard that I've never even witnessed in person before. And I would have to go up after this destroy so hard that niggas are slapping the wall slapping the tables and shit it was like deaf comedy jam shit i've never i've never witnessed per like firsthand until then and then all of a sudden you have to come up and and do your shit and i ate shit bro until all of a sudden now the audience is coming up to me after every goddamn show telling me i'm their favorite i was the best of the night this and that and it's not even like i'm looking to be told that i'm the best of the night because that's also kind of weird because then you're kind of putting down the other acts but at the same time i'm not going to turn it down because that's what you want to say nigga and and based off that alone lets me know i'm doing my job right lets me know that i i i fucking know comedy in and out bro i know comedy in and out and i really I really did think about how I wanted to approach this episode because every time Dante is not here, I always go off the fucking rails and I go super heavy into fucking shitting on the industry or just revealing some shit or just going down a fucking rabbit hole. But I really did think about how I wanted to approach this episode because recently, Just For Last Toronto, which Just For Last is the biggest comedy festival in the world. It, it is mainly run out of Montreal. They have the two smaller... Uh, festivals which is toronto and vancouver which are the big markets in canada um these are annual comedy festivals uh recently i think by the time this episode airs just for last toronto will have just wrapped up um and much congrats to all the comics that made their way up the ladder and got got their festival credit this year um what's been happening the last few years like, this is going to be inside baseball a little bit. And I, I really, again, the whole point of this podcast from day one has always been a companion piece to my comedy career. I try and be as honest as I, as I can. Um, and if I can't be honest, then I just don't say it. That's been my approach to this shit. But I try and be honest as I can about 
my struggles, my triumphs, what it is to come up as a stand-up comedian in this day and age, and in Canada, which is comedy on hard mode. It is comedy on hard mode. And I say this, whether you're in Canada or not, you will understand what I say here. The amount of world-famous Canadian comedians that exist is endless. The list is fucking crazy from Jim Carrey to Norm Macdonald to Russell Peters. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. It is hard for anybody to name a comedian that is Canadian that got world famous from being a Canadian comedian. They all had to leave. And granted, America obviously is the bigger market. But the problem, the underlying problem is, is that Canada doesn't support their artists. Like, terrible track record of supporting the artists. And this goes from the audience to the industry. Just terrible at supporting their artists. And um, the comedy is no exception. The problem with comedy in Canada is that we're not even recognized as artists officially by the government. So that excludes us from like grants and all this shit. It makes it a lot harder. And I, I honestly, for my 13 plus like years in now, you can see how the industry kind of obviously not kind of, they know this and they take advantage of that, man. It's, it's, it's fucked. And over the last few years, there has been a growing number of comedians and artists at large that have just been vocal about how the industry has been abusing and using its relationship with the comedians. I'm talking again, specifically the comedy industry in Canada. Um, from uh, the famous keynote address speech from Mark Forward at Just For Last Montreal, which is again is the main festival and the world's biggest comedy festival. Um, they, they do this thing where they give a comedian a speech. They're allowed to give an address type deal. It's like the State of the Union address. And this one year, Mark Forward, who's a, a well-known, respectable Canadian comedian, he went and did the address. He was given that right or the honor or whatever. And uh, what he did with his speech was completely call out and shit on how the Canadian uh, showbiz industry, entertainment industry, and the comedy industry completely abuses its relationship with, with comedians. And he went on to give this fucking great speech and analogy on how when you're trying to pitch a TV show in Canada as a comedian, you approach the network and, and you ask them, it's like, hey, what do you guys want? And they'll be like, hey, so we're looking for a show that appeals to, uh, you know, like immigrants, but also white suburban. Uh, we're looking for like soccer moms, but also like uh, karate master, like this long list of crazy demands. And then at the end of the list of demands, again, this is coming from the industry side, he's saying, he's like, so we're looking for that. Can you do that to the comedian? They're asking, so can you, can you do all that for us? And the comedian is like, yes, for the love of God, after just sitting through this fucking 10 minute long list of demands, he's like, can you do that for us? Can you do that? And we'll give you a fucking a TV show or whatever. He's like, yes, yes, we can do that. And then this is what he said. He's like, yeah, sorry. We're just not looking to produce anything right now. It's actually kind of full. And that's exactly what it is. Like, Again, I'm going to talk about my specific experiences coming up. And I have some of these festival credits and all that stuff. I don't necessarily have bad experiences with the people, but the the process I have awful experiences with, okay? 
Um, and and that Mark Forward speech is just one example. Uh, even at this year's Just for Last Festival in Montreal, another comedian, Steph Tolev, who's a Canadian comedian, but surprise, surprise, she had to go to the States and she's funny as fuck. So over time, she started gaining popularity. She gained traction. Bill Burr started putting her on her platform, putting her putting her on his platform. Uh, she was part of the Bill Burr's like uh, fucking Netflix special where he produced and introduced like six comics that he vetted. So she was part of that. And and of course, lo and behold, she starts to get traction from Americans. Americans start to say, hey, you're fucking hilarious. We 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 support your comedy. Now the Canadian industry is like, hey, come do our shit. So she came and did it and she gave a, a speech this year and she pretty much did the same thing. But I think she actually went the route of shitting on the American and Canadian side of the industry. But that's like, that's neither here nor there. More recently, actually localized in my specific local comedy scene, a bunch of comedians have been active and vocal, even during Just for Laughs Toronto, while the festival was happening. Um, not to name names, because nobody's asking me to do this. I'm not anybody's fucking lawyer, and I'm not anybody's dad, so don't take any of my advice as fucking gospel or think I'm trying to fucking spew my shit. This is my platform to do as I please. You know what I mean? And until the Canadian government fucking regulates me to death, Apparently now they're trying to regulate podcasts. That's insanity. Um, but until that happens, we'll see. We'll see, bro. I'll, I'll fucking like, this is my platform to do exactly what I've been saying. This is my side piece, my companion piece to my comedy career. I'm being as honest and as open as I can without completely fucking my career up about the trials the and the tribulations and the triumphs of what it is to be uh, a stand-up comedian on the come up, especially in Canada. So during the festival, a comedian in the Toronto scene took a photo of uh, like the big bus ads. There's bus ads, there's train ads, there's big billboard ads. Uh, they took a photo of the Just for Last Toronto poster and they put a caption and posted it on their social media. They put a caption of, I pray that one day the Canadian comedy industry will put this much focus and attention on its own homegrown talent. And it gained a lot of traction or it gained some decent traction. I commented on it. I was like, I fucking agree. Amen. I think is what I said. I agree with this wholeheartedly. And from there, some industry people saw that and started throwing subliminal fucking just jabs during the entire festival. And come on, bro. Fuck off with that shit. Like, that's not what we're doing here. Like, I want to take this. is I'll, I'll, I'll take this approach to this part of the podcast. Part of this is going to be for my fellow comics. Part of this is going to be for the industry. And part of this is going to be for you, the audience. Um, again, nobody's asking me to do this. I'm not anybody's lawyer. I'm not fucking, I'm not here to burn bridges or shit talk anybody. That's not the point of any of this. Because I truly believe, and I think, let's start with the comics. This is for the comics. You need to understand when you start comedy for anybody coming in. And I can't believe I'm doing this because it's not my fucking job. But honestly... What sucked for me and what sucks for a lot of comics, especially in Canada, is the lack of information. Nobody will give you any goddamn information when you're starting out. And it takes you a lot of time and a lot of fucking just eating shit until you start to realize what the game is here. Okay. And by that point, you're pretty much fucked because you've been spending all your time and focus trying to play that game. But let me tell you right now. Just like in any form of art, in anything in life, there is the independent and there is the corporate, okay? And you should decide early on 
what it is you think you align with because you won't know right away because it'll take some time you should take a few like some years to actually be a part of the comedy scene and the industry and shit and see what aligns with you but try and figure that out man spend some time actually thinking about what it is you want how you want it and what you're willing to do to get it because nobody said this at the beginning and bruh i know why because everybody like once you get a little bit of information like people hoard that shit because they don't want to fucking reveal what it is that helped them make a little bit of money. And, and especially in a country where there's scraps, scraps, we're fighting for fucking scraps. And then like, bro, it's, it's, it's fucking insanity. But what shouldn't happen is industry people shit talking or taking jabs or taking subliminals or even being outwardly vocal about people on the independent side fucking just saying the truth speaking the truth and speaking truth to what what is actually taking place okay and what shouldn't happen either is people on the independent side completely shit talking and and downplaying the fact that there there is a need and and requirement for the industry but honestly what i think my personal opinion is that over time industry completely has warped people's perspective and idea that they are a necessity. Let me tell you that comedy doesn't exist without the comedians, period, point blank, period. And yes, there is a synergistic balance. We need clubs to perform in. We need shows and all that shit. But let me tell you how fucking resilient comedians are. These niggas are fucking cockroaches. They know how to produce a show. They know how to fucking make it work. In a, in a country where by all means, you shouldn't be able to make a fucking penny because it's just, so, the population is too small and the... The, the respect of the craft is damn near non-existent. The funding and, and backing is not really there unless you're willing to go a specific route. And I'll get into this. Like, it's so hard, but yet we still survive and we still make it work, you know? And it, eventually we, we leave. Um, I just don't think it's cool, bro. It's, it's, it's fucking horseshit. Don't act like it isn't what it is. And and I want to make this specific point to the industry, you know, because I really, oh, again, 13 years, which is some time, but also not a lot of time. But what I realized about the industry route in Canada, like compared to, again, I'll, I'll go with the biggest market, but it is the market, the, the American market. Like it's so vast and there's so many people in America that they, they have no choice but to accept and acknowledge every everybody and every form of comedy. In Canada, it's a lot more squeaky clean, um, especially we're talking about the industry side of things, okay? Like if you take a look at our Canadian television programming, it's stuff that mainly appeals to like farmland whites. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's, and, and even like it's, it is what it is. And personally, from what I've seen, the people that make it the furthest are the squeaky clean. You know what I mean? Or not even necessarily that, because there are people that make it in the industry in Canada that, that you know, have a, a more, um, a harder edge to their comedy style and all that stuff, but only so far. And this is the main point I want to make, because there has been a complete wave. Obviously, everybody's been seeing it. It's been global. There's been this wave of diversity in show business and entertainment and everywhere, everywhere. Everything is a diversity play now. Obviously, it is important. And bro, I'm, a, I'm an African, okay? I'm an African in this shit. Obviously, it's important. 
Uh, I would like to have some opportunities in this shit. Um, and things are getting better. But what I, from my personal experiences in the Canadian comedy industry, from my personal experiences, this diversity play here in Canada feels like it leans more on the side of tokenism than it does on actual true diversity. And my reason for saying this is because my own personal experiences. So we have an audition system here, like everywhere else, to get on the industry side of things. You audition for industry people. They see you. You either do good or you don't. And based on that, you come back next year and try and audition again. And that's how you get on the festivals. That's how you get on network TV in Canada and all that shit. So I've been doing comedy for 13 years. I have had my fair share of auditions. And I will be as transparent as I can. This is literally all just for transparency, which is hilarious because the festival is just for last. This is just for transparency. I have had multiple years where my audition was so fucking good. It was like buzz. It was like talk of the town type shit. Good. It was so good that I was told by show producers and comics and audiences, which audience in this respect, your opinion doesn't matter on the industry side of things. But even them, they recognize it's like, yo, you did so good. Like, and this is at least three or four auditions where I've done so goddamn good that the comics after me were shitting their pants. I was being told by show producers, by all these people, it's like, this is your year, you're gonna make it, da 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 And I don't. And I always set my expectations properly. Even though I'm told this, I don't necessarily believe it, you know? Um, but that happened time and time again, you know? And eventually, you just start seeing who is making it. And of course, there's exceptions to what I'm saying. There are, and, and of course, these people are all talented, all talented, but there's like a cap. You know what I mean? When we're talking about diversity and then we're talking about festivals where you're promoting the funniest and the funniest of diverse, um, the critiques that I would get for some of the years was that like, I would, I would black it up too much. I would say the N-word too much or this and that. And again, just for transparency, because I got to be honest with myself too. For the first few years of my career, bro, the nigga, like the word nigga flew out of my mouth on stage every other fucking word. It was crazy. It was insane. And even uh, an audition or two, I was in that mode. But I've definitely had enough auditions where it wasn't that. But I would still be told this. is like, yo, you got to calm it down with the... <laughs> like, you got to... you what I would be told was that you say the N word too much and it doesn't play well for white audiences in, in Canada. So, so then what I like, and then that would happen enough and enough and enough. And then I eventually would start to see the people that they would put on and what their content was. And granted, again, there are exceptions to the rule, but in Canada, there aren't that many uh, melanated comics. I'll say that go, that leans so heavy into the deaf comedy jam deep end of the comedy pool as much as me and some others, you know? Um, and I guess that's just not what they want. That's how I take it. Cause you can't like, bro, I've, I've sold out theaters on my own. I've done my comedy special. I have the credits for the festivals. I have this and that, but it's like when I started to see the material that would get passed, 
and then realize I'm like, yo, this isn't, this doesn't feel like true diversity. And I want to, I want to boil it down to this. If you're telling me that I can't say the N word that much, then what the fuck, what diversity do you need from me? Cause what I started to see was like the, the tokenism shit, the tokenism shit is what plays, whether you're black, whether you're female, whether you're LGBTQ plus, whatever it is the major play and this is the part that irks me and i have to be honest about this shit and this isn't about fucking race baiting or any of that shit it is what it is for the last for the years since diversity has been a real topic and obvious fucking point of um um what's the what's the word well just a big subject and a thing that people have been trying to correct quote unquote this diversity play has been tokenism from day one because the majority of what I'm seeing, unless, unless these people are American, because, and this is the problem, man, the American comedians and the comedians internationally, they get to come into our festivals, the Canadian festivals, and say and do and be whatever they are. And there's plenty of room for them. And the problem is, is that when the comedian that posted that photo of the Just For Last Toronto poster that showcased all American acts. And then in tiny letters, you could see all the rest of the names and there's the Canadian names and all that shit, but not one picture was advertised of a Canadian comedian. And when that does happen, they're already internationally famous. They're not, they're not actually promoting any new acts publicly what they do do is they have little shows here and there they let the canadian comedians open up for the bigger american acts Ooh, thank you for thank you which is again it's not a small deal i don't want to i don't want to discredit it it's not a small deal but like put some pride behind us but like but like you know what i mean and the problem is is that these are funded by the government and shit so these are grant funded projects and festivals so that means that they're mandated to have a certain percentage of Canadian acts on their fucking shit. So from my perspective and from a lot of comics perspective, it looks like we're being used to get this grant money and they promote the fuck out of the American acts. And then we get thrown on as like side pieces that aren't even really fully considered by the Canadian industry, by the American industry, they're mostly there for the American acts and they 100% mostly promote the American acts. You can't tell me, but then, you know, you'll throw subliminals and jabs and shit saying that, hey, we're actually, look at what we're doing for the locals and shit. Look at what we're doing for the Canadian comics. It's like, promote them then. I love that you're giving them shows. I love that, that's good. That's absolutely good. But it's like, come on, let's actually fucking put some money behind putting these faces up on billboards and shit, letting Canadians know who we are before we have to leave. And then Americans say, Hey, these guys are good. And now Canadians are like, Oh my God, they're actually really good. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's, 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 it's not is like, nah, bro. That's not the way. That's not the way this is the way. And that's not the way. Um, so, so to get, so to just wrangle myself back in, it's like the tokenism thing I truly feel is real because when I'm being told that I say the N-word too much, but I'm actually, but I'm absolutely demolishing my showcases year after year after year. 
I don't actually think you're really looking to put me on your festival because what I see you do put on your festival is is black immigrants that are talking about their immigrant struggles is is LGBT people that are talking about their LGBT struggles is women talking about their women's struggles. Why does it always have to be for us our struggles and shit? That's what you want to fucking hear. That's not diversity. That's tokenism. That's tokenism. And then you're going to have a bunch of white dudes just come and perform whatever the fuck they want. Or you're going to have a bunch of American acts just come and perform whatever they want. Because there is no fucking, there's no mandate for them. But for us, we got to jump through all these goddamn hoops. That's tokenism. When you can see black people, when you can see women, when you can see LGBT people just saying regular shit. Hey, I fucking stubbed my toe and here's a joke about it. Then... You know, but when everybody that you're putting on that has a fucking diversity play attached to them has a struggle or has some sort of fucking bro. I watched I watched some of these fucking people that they were promoting at this year's festival. It was so wild, bro. They don't actually care about comedy. Anyways, Dante, don't fucking leave because this is what happens. So that's the part of this that was for the industry. I've said the part that was for the comics. This is the part. For you, the audience, the beautiful people of this podcast. And if you like what you see, come back. But some of the new audience too. What you can do, especially if you're in the Canadian side of shit. But you can do this abroad. This applies everywhere. Support your local. Go see local comedy. Fucking find who they are. Follow them online and support what they do. Whatever it is that they do. Find the people that you fucks with and just support them. Because I promise you the next Dave Chappelle and the next whoever the fuck is literally in your neighborhood right now eating shit happily for nobody. But in Canada especially, stop letting this happen where we have to leave and then this is what happens in Canada, bro. Not one of our fucking artists blow up here, man. Not one of them. You had to wait for Americans to tell you that Drake was cool to find out that Drake was the biggest artist in the world. It's bullshit, bro. Canada's really awful for this. And you know what? They're trained this way too because that's what the industry does. So it's like, yo, support your local. Find the local people. Fucking support their shit. Buy their albums. Buy their merch. Go to local comedy clubs. Go to local art shows. Go to local whatever the fuck. Local, 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 bro. And, and when these big festivals and these big things come to town, make sure that you see... The locals, make sure that they're represented. Make sure that their faces are seen. Because it's not just enough to give them stage time and opportunity on stage. It, it, it almost does nothing. Because once the festival leaves, guess where they are? They're in the same bars and tavern shows and club shows as the rest of us independent comics. You know what I mean? They're not doing anything to actually fucking help make the, the scene and the industry stronger for the comics. They're, they're fucking doing what they do, which is what industry does, which is what corporate does. And this is not to shit talk that. There is a place for that. There, there is a need for that, obviously. 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 But if you're an artist and if you're a comedian and you're starting and you're coming up, think about which route you want and which route is for you and which route is not. Because if you don't think about that shit, you will eventually find yourself at a crossroads and it's like, oh shit, I spent all my time doing what I thought I was doing, what I thought was what I wanted to do, 
but instead realizing that you've been doing what you've been fucking corralled and coerced and just blindly it's like jumping off a bridge nigga you don't even realize like oh i want to start comedy and then you jump in the rat race of comedy but and then it's all these comedians running towards fame but you don't realize what they're running towards is the edge of a cliff and then by the time you get to the edge of the cliff only so many people get plucked from that edge of the cliff by fame and get put over to the safety net is like oh we're not going to let you jump off the cliff you're going to be famous and and you got to jump through a lot of hoops a lot of hoops to get there and we're not doing no dante's inferno this week we're not doing no poll results this week we'll wait for dante to come back next week to jump back into the regular shit but yeah this has essentially been one long episode of a comedy recap uh, I got some shows this week. If you want to see me perform live in Toronto, I will be at the Corner Comedy Club Friday and Saturday. Um, yeah, the week of this release. So I think that's like October 7th and shit. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I love y'all. Thank you for supporting. Um, this is the part where I'm supposed to beg, but I'm not going to do that. If you like what you see, support, hit the subscribe, leave a comment, all that good shit. But if you don't, whatever, bro. It is what it is. We're not beggars over here. We got patience and we got talent. And that will take us to the fucking moon. I love you guys. Thank you for supporting. This has been Black Zeus, the podcast season four, episode 34. We will be back next Wednesday on all platforms. I am AKA Black Zeus on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook on youtube i barely use most of these things but the youtube channel is picking up so again i thank you and we'll be back next week peace peace <laughs> <laughs>